Before we begin, please know that this podcast is intended for mature audiences. I am not a therapist or a doctor, and nothing I say should ever be taken as advice, medical, professional, or otherwise. Please take care. Hello, and welcome back, friends and strangers. Here we are, another week into the new year. Here's a question for you. How long is it okay to be starting emails with Happy New Year! Exclamation point. <laughs> I feel like I really pushed the boundary on that one, but I don't know, man. We only get so many reasons to celebrate, and I'm definitely one to eke out as much joy from a thing as possible. (laughs) We need reasons to be happy when we're living and working in a cold, unforgiving capitalist hellscape that forces us to be in front of a computer for hours at a time instead of living our one and only lives. So... Think we can say happy new year at least until the end of the month there i've decided so i was kind of struggling to decide what to talk about today not because i don't have plenty to talk about but there's just so much so much to talk about so much to think about, so much to do, but it's hard to know when things are appropriate. I want to get the timing right, but there's just so much uncertainty in the world right now. It feels really present. I don't know, can a negative thing feel present, like uncertainty, can that feel present? I don't know, but it does. (laughs) You know how they say in some films or TV shows, like, the setting is another character, like, New York is the other character, I think that's a big one. Um... Well, it feels like right now, uncertainty is the other character. People with any kind of anxiety famously do not deal with uncertainty well, right? I mean, I guess no one likes uncertainty, though. We like knowing what we're doing, where we stand, what our status is, and add any sort of anxiety-type mental illness on top of it, and you've kind of got a psychological thriller writing itself. Okay, I'm sorry, but that is the first time I've thought of anxiety that way, and I kind of love it. A psychological thriller writing itself. Hell yeah. It's not a panic attack, y'all. It's art. Uh, 
Amazing. But yeah, we don't like uncertainty or that which comes with change. My mom has said to me so many times, you're not good with change, you know. You know, you've never been good with change. And I used to get really annoyed and kind of offended by that. I wanted to be like, yes, I am. I'm super good with change. I love it. I'm super chill about change all the time. (laughs) Which is obviously not true. But I eventually figured out that what really bothered me about her saying that was that it fails to acknowledge the fact that I've had a lot of change in my life. Like, as a child, change really was a constant. And I know that change is a normal part of life, and we all experience it, right? And maybe there's something empowering to be found just in that. Like, sure, maybe everyone hates uncertainty, but everyone experiences it all the time. So in some ways, we're all kind of experts. Eh? But no, like, I don't really feel like an expert. Did I say this is going to be empowering? I meant confusing. Point being... I got through that as a child, obviously. And as an adult, I think I'm someone who actively seeks out certain types of change, like moving and traveling. But anytime there is change, like whether it's something I've sought out or something that's kind of happening to me, it always takes a toll on my body, regardless. My body goes into super stress mode and my immune system just kind of forgets how to do its thing. My skin flares, my body gets sore, my IBS pops off like crazy. And I just wish that when there was change and therefore uncertainty, my body didn't think that we were in a literal active threat, life and death situation. But it really does. How are you doing? Are you okay? This idea of confronting uncertainty is something that, just at face value, seems really off-putting. No, don't make me think about that. So, thanks for hanging in there. You're not holding your breath, right? Okay, good. Breathing is important. It's so hard to know what to do, what your next move should be when dealing with uncertainty. And I think it's probably the obsessive compulsive's worst nightmare. I definitely think it's mine. And it shows up particularly with the medical stuff as needing to get all of the tests done and needing to double check them multiple times times, you know, and needing to just Google everything and contact a doctor every time there's a new symptom or a new sensation in my body. 
And this is something I've really tried to work on because, believe it or not, I've learned that doctors actually generally do not appreciate that level of vigilance. I am certain that I have been marked as a difficult patient for reasons like that. You know, on the one hand, you can look at it as a good thing because it means I'm trying to keep up to date on my health and going to checkups and all of that. It definitely has its place. But when it starts to seem like you don't trust the evaluation or the tests, it's really not a good look. I think it's because what the doctor hears is that you don't trust them and therefore don't respect them as a medical professional. And it's like, no, doc, I just have crippling anxiety. Thank you. But working around doctors' egos has been a huge lesson for me in my years of dealing with weird and confusing health challenges. I've learned that you receive way better care when you make the doctor think that they are the smartest person in the world, certainly the smartest person in the room. Um, and it has at times meant dumbing myself down in front of them. It's meant sometimes asking questions I already know the answer to, but if it gets me closer to getting the answers I actually need and receiving the care that I actually need, then I guess it's worth it. And I certainly don't think that I have all the answers. There's a reason why I do go to the doctor. Like, if I thought I had all the answers, I wouldn't be going. But, yeah, it's just a level of vigilance that they don't appreciate. And how we are seen in the eyes of health professionals is a theme that will continue to come up because it's amazing how much that impacts everything, you know, your overall health. And back to uncertainty, it would seem that it would seem that uncertainty can only be overcome by reassurance. If you're unsure about something, how do you become sure? Because once you become sure, your stress and worry and fear will go away, right? <sighs> Unfortunately, apparently not. I've learned quite recently, actually, that chasing certainty and reassurance is a bit of a lost cause. As someone with OCD, seeking assurance is like a huge thing for me. Um, I can't even tell you how much valuable time I've lost to this. And really the best example is probably seeking assurance from Dr. Google. I think it's the easiest example to understand anyway. Like I will Google something, say a symptom, and see what it could be. And I'll look at a few possibilities and then move on. Like, I'll be done. I'll be done with that. I'll be satisfied for the moment. But then, not long after, a new thought or feeling about the symptom will pop into my head. 
and I'll Google that symptom again, um, but like this time with an additional word. And I'll just keep going and going and going. And at no point, regardless of what I find, whether it's something super scary or super no big deal at all, I'm not satisfied. Or like I am for a little while, but then the uncertainty creeps back in and I'm back on Google. I actually downloaded this app a few weeks ago and used it for as long as the free trial lasted. And it was an app to help OCD. And it has you, by either swiping up or swiping down, embrace or discard different sayings. And one that really stuck out for me or stuck with me was, one thing I cannot handle is uncertainty. And so, like, for that one, you would discard it. You would swipe up. And it was actually kind of hard to get used to at first because the phrases that you're quote unquote supposed to discard are like the ones I relate to. So like for that, I was, I was like, yes, embrace it. That's correct. Uncertainty is one thing I cannot deal with. And the app checked me and like gave me a little reminder of what the point of the exercise was. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then on the flip side, there would be like, I welcome the unknown. And I'd be like, oh God, okay, embrace. I don't want to embrace that, but okay. And the more I used it, the more I liked it. And I really do think it was starting to help, but I don't know. It was a bit pricey. And I'm not going to say the name of it on here anyway, because... I'm not saying their name for free. Uh-uh. But this is something that I want to continue to work on. And I'm making it a goal for this year. Not a resolution, okay? A goal. Fairly ambiguous, but I would love to be able to genuinely, if not embrace, then face uncertainty with a greater sense of light and ease. I don't know. I'll let you know how it goes. So I wish I had more of an answer to how to deal with change and uncertainty. But the fact is, I just have so much work to do on my own. Do you want to work on it together? I think that could be fun. I'll be your facing uncertainty accountability buddy. I like it. This is something we can do. You know, we're going to face uncertainty now. And then we'll face it again. And we can do this. And we can be okay. So with that, um, next week, we're going to have our very first guest. I'm so excited. 
Um, we're going to be talking to a real life therapist. Told you I know a few of those. Okay. And we're going to be discussing the difference between anxiety and intuition. Um, and this therapist is actually one that I'm married to. So, you know, I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, so be sure to check it out. And thank you so much for being here and for listening. I can't wait to talk more soon. Take care.